Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 let's come together to celebrate that we are into week 16 and we have a ton of football this week. Oh, a ton. Friday, Christmas football, a three-game Saturday slate, a Sunday main slate of 10 games, a nice healthy 10 games. We don't normally have that size of a slate, normally a lot bigger than that, but 10 games. Nice to digest, understand everything that's going on. We have a little bit more ownership to play with since there's less players to choose from. Some guys get a little bit more chalky. And then a Monday night football slate to close out the week. Four days in a row of football. I don't remember the last time that I actually got to say that I had four days in a row of NFL football. It has been a ton of fun. So everybody, sit back, relax, take your shoes off. How y'all doing? Hope you're having a fantastic day. And we're going to break down this slate as we always do. Now, here's a big disclaimer at the beginning of this podcast and YouTube video because I know we'll get some comments on it. If something happens, hopefully nothing major happens, knock on my wooden desk right here. That might be some metal just covered up by wood, but either way, it still counts. If something happens, a team gets struck by COVID would be the worst possible thing. Hopefully they stay healthy. And then, you know, all that stuff affects the sleep. I am recording this early in the week on a Tuesday. It is going to be a travel week for me because you have Thursday, Christmas Eve, and then the holiday on Friday, I'll be traveling on Wednesday morning. So I want to make sure that I get all my content uploaded or at least scheduled out beforehand, edit it throughout the week and things like that. So I'll be updating stuff throughout the week on Patreon, on Twitter. I'll put some pinned up stuff in the comment section down below, just in case anything does break, as this video will be releasing a little bit earlier than usual. We normally release this video on a Friday, probably going to release it a day or two earlier this week so that you guys can have it because nobody's going to want to watch these videos on Christmas, right? They're going to be wanting to watching a full day of NBA basketball, which be sure to check out the channel because we might have a video for that to help you with that. They're going to be wanting to watching and spending obviously time with their family. But we will be breaking down this 10 game slate, like I said, a nice healthy size slate. And before we do hit that like and subscribe, I appreciate that. And the proud sponsor of today's video, Jock Market. And Jock Market is going to have a lot, a lot of contests going out, especially on Christmas where there is a showdown slate for NFL, where there is a main NBA slate. And now that the NBA is here, they're going to have contests every single day on Jock Market, not just for these NFL slates with the PGA returning in just a couple weeks as well. Jock Market is where daily fantasy sports meets a stock exchange. You just basically buy stock and players. Yes, you can now do that is where these industry is now moving. It's a new aspect and you can also live trade. So depending on when you buy your stocks, once the market closes, you can then buy and sell after that as well. Think of it as live day trading. So yes, check out Jock Market linked down below. They have their app, their website. I linked it all down below. You can download it for free. And then if you want to use the code SAL10, S-A-L-1-0, they'll give you a free $10 upon signing up and making your first deposit. So thank you Jock Market for being the proud sponsors of this here show. So let's start it off right now with the quarterback position as we normally do. And as always, quarterback will be heavily, heavily swayed based on the stack that I can get to. And on this slate, look, it's a 10 game slate. So there's only 20 quarterbacks to choose from. And there might be some guys that we have to watch out for, for injury news, what happens with Dwayne Haskins, Alex Smith situation. That might be really the only thing that we're really waiting on in terms of injury news to this standpoint. And honestly, a lot of this slate is kind of gross at quarterback. So we might see some condensed ownership and we probably should some popular players in good spots, right? Jalen Hurts, we could talk about some guys that continue to just play really well this season and Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes, no matter what the matchup is. But as we look down the quarterbacks, there's just a lot of guys that have like a 21 or below team total. You get down to the bottom where I don't want to play Ryan Finley or Brandon Allen, whoever it's going to be for Cincinnati, Daniel Jones, Sam Donald, right? Drew Locke, Gardner Minshew, Haskins. All these guys are just easy no's for me. Then you have those stationary quarterbacks who Matt Ryan went off last week and should be playing from behind this week. Maybe you get Julio back. Could be an option later in the week against Kansas City, but a terrible implied total of 21 and a half. Same exact thing for Phillip Rivers against a tough Pittsburgh team. You could really quickly condense this slate down just from a projection standpoint, which will have projections on Patreon later in the week. All of that will be updated for any of the news so you can follow along with the projections, rankings, ownership, all that stuff, as well as projections and 
rankings for NBA. Link down below. You can follow along, check it out, help improve your game. But like right away, we can kind of X off half or more than half of this slate. And then you take into account some of these guys just don't have the greatest of stacking options and might be in run scripts. So the way that I'm looking at it right now, yeah, I currently have interest early on in like eight quarterbacks. And I'll probably condense that down to like a lot of my ownership coming in 60, 70% on three or four guys. And we could start at the top with one of the most underrated players. I continue to say this week in and week out, Deshaun Watson. If his team was good, and it would be a big if, right? Because they're just not good at this point. But if they were, he would be in the MVP conversation. He came into week 15 leading the league in yards per an attempt and efficiency metric for quarterbacks. And then he finished in week 15, number three overall at 9.1 yards per attempt. And now he continues to lead the league. And he had another great week, right? They ended up losing, fumbling on the one yard line for the second time in three weeks against the Colts. And he throws for 371 yards. He has an 80.5% completion percentage on 41 attempts and 49 dropbacks. He's been fantastic. You know that you have the rushing upside for him as well. And he just continues to play well. Now he's at 8.8 yards per attempt leading the NFL to this point. 0.695 fantasy points per dropback right now is third on the slate, only behind the mobile Jalen Hurts with a smaller sample than the bigger sample of Lamar Jackson, who leads the slate in fantasy points per dropback because of his rushing upside. But you're getting 28.4 rushing yards per game right now out of Mr. Deshaun Watson. That is basically right around third or fourth in the slate, hovering around Mitchell Trubisky and Daniel Jones for the second highest on the slate, basically behind Lamar Jackson. And here's the thing. Now you get a matchup against Cincinnati that ranks dead last in pass rush. And the offensive line for Deshaun Watson was good at the beginning of the year, and it's kind of gotten worse since then. But Cincinnati ranks dead last in pressure rate and pass rush, and the passing options are there. You know that it's Brandon Cooks. You saw the deep touchdown, a more limited volume for Chad Hansen last week. Jordan Akins finally got going as he continues to run routes and actually brought in a couple of receptions, I believe five or six receptions, I think five receptions for around 50 yards in that game. Kiki Kute continues to run a lot of routes and have chemistry, got in the end zone yet again for the second time in now three weeks for Deshaun Watson and this team. So there's a lot of stacking options. You even saw David Johnson get involved in the passing game last week, which if he saw another 11 targets, yeah, he would have enough correlation for me to want to get there, but I'm probably not going to want to get there. I don't know if I trust that too much stacking him up with his running back, David Johnson, but Deshaun Watson, run back options on Cincinnati. We're hoping Brandon Allen's back because he's at least at sustaining these weapons in Tyler Boyd, Higgins, right? AJ Green, even two weeks ago before the Pittsburgh game did well. So Deshaun Watson at $7,600 with a 27 implied team total. I do like that. And also, also, if you're not already familiar, we do have merch now. You can see I'm wearing it right here. Get a nice look on it if you're watching the video version. The merch store is going to be linked down below. Just a big energy merch store. You can check it out. Bunch of stuff, depending on when you're watching this. It might already be Christmas, might be right after. But just, you know, go ahead, check out some of the merch that's in there right now. A lot of different themes and a lot of time was spent on that. You can check all of that out down below. Next up is somebody who's probably going to be really popular. And this is somebody that in all of our, I would say, the Patreon Closing Thoughts podcast, we discussed it, might have touched on it briefly in the live stream, was Jalen Hurts and how he looked like a very strong single entry or three max one-off play, right? Something that I didn't really want to stack up all that much because we saw in the previous week, he was kind of throwing the ball everywhere. Greg Ward looked like his favorite receiver. He saw six targets as well to Dallas Goddard in that one start that he had, but it's a small sample and the ball was pretty much distributed everywhere. And now another week goes by and yes, Greg Ward has two touchdowns, but on low passing volume. Yes, you see some more targets for Dallas Goddard, but not that much great targets dropped a touchdown. The ball was spread out everywhere. Quez Watkins, the rookie who didn't have a catch come into this week, saw a bunch of targets, had a couple of catches, had a touchdown as well. Zach Ertz got involved. The running backs were involved. So all everybody in this offense, you even saw Travis Fogum finally get involved with two receptions after being phased out of this offense. Everybody was involved. So it is really hard to stack this team. You're kind of just throwing darts at the wall and hoping that you hit on a Dallas Goddard or a Greg Ward, guys that seem like they're getting the most usage. Jalen Rieger was also involved, but it seemed like he got hurt. If Jalen Rieger is going to be out, then Greg Ward becomes a little bit more appealing. Some of these other options like Travis Fulgham become a little bit more appealing. But yeah, Jalen Hurts looks great. And look, here's 
the thing. From a fantasy standpoint in real life, there's a couple things. It depends on your expectations. If you want to look at Jalen Hurts and say for the long term, yeah, he looked great. Everything that he was showing was poised, very poised and controlled. That was the thing that I think a lot of people noticed in that game. If you watched it, a lot of people are saying today that just the confidence from Jalen Hurts' second round pick was fantastic. Now he gets a good matchup against Dallas. And if you want to look at the numbers last week from a fantasy perspective, of course it looks great. Over 300 yards passing, three touchdowns, four total touchdowns with a rushing touchdown and 7.7 yards per attempt. He was pretty good. I mean, the one knock that you can put on him was that he dropped back 55 times and only completed 24 passes. He was sacked six times. He ended up only completing 54% of his passes. So that's the one knock. But again, this is a rookie in his second ever start. And he ended up really jolting this offense forward. And again, from a fantasy perspective, if we're going to get any sort of rushing upside, like we've seen from him now, a hundred plus yard rushing game, and then scoring a touchdown on the ground last week, that puts this guy's floor in an insane spot when Dallas's running defense has just looked terrible so far. Look, Jalen Hurts now in a small two game sample is the second overall fantasy points per attempt player. Makes sense when you have a hundred plus rushing yard game and then another four touchdown total game. But Jalen Hurts looks good. Again, this is the sticky situation or a tricky situation, I should say, like Lamar Jackson. How do you stack up Lamar Jackson? Every week it's Mark Andrews and then maybe Hollywood Brown. This is going to be a similar situation with Hurts. We've seen the rushing upside now for two straight weeks. I feel a little bit more confident, though, stacking him with the Dallas Goddard. You can have a cheap Greg Ward on this slate if you wanted to get there. If Jalen Rieger is healthy, I would end up going there more so over like an Alshon or a Travis Fulgham. Run back options on Dallas are all over the place, right? Uh, depending on what happens with the running backs, if Zeke is in or out, there's an option there for either way, Pollard or Zeke, depending on who's healthy and who's not. And then where I would really look is the wide receivers. Continue to get so much consistency out of C.D. Lamb. Amari Cooper has a down game, but I would still be fine going back to him. Those would be my two main options. And then my third and final yes, and we can talk about some of the maybes, is going to be Mr. Patrick Mahomes. Here's the issue with Patrick Mahomes. They are damn expensive. And it makes sense that they're facing the worst team in terms of giving up the most yards per play in terms of efficiency. Two offenses right now, dead last is Atlanta, and it's the best matchup for quarterbacks this year. Uh, in fantasy, the Atlanta Falcons. Mahomes leads the slate with over 320 yards per game. He only has a 1% interception rate, averaging 8.5 yards per attempt. Had a really bad game last week, actually. Patrick Mahomes had probably his worst game of the year, ranked 25th overall in PFF grades for week 15, averaging just 5.4 yards per attempt, only had a 55% completion percentage. He was honestly not great at all. Makes sense against a tough Saints team that just said, you're not going to be throwing at 20 plus yards downfield on us, so we had to take everything underneath. And that's what happens. You throw a lot of pass attempts, ended up throwing the ball 47 times, and only having 254 yards. But Mahomes is still fantastic. By far, by far has the highest team total on the slate. This is why he is worth the price. The problem is stacking it up. And this has now been the third week in a row. You probably can't stack up Tyreek Hill, who's now $9,000, most expensive wide receiver, and Travis Kelsey, who's now $8,500. Both of them found the end zone yet again last week, but they're going to probably have to both get you 28 to 30 plus points to actually pay off for you in this situation. And then the other issue is who are you running it back with, right? You can't run it back with Calvin Ridley if you want to play both of those studs or maybe even one of the studs with Mahomes because he's above $8,000. If Julio Jones comes back, maybe you can fit that in at $6,800, but it doesn't look too promising that that's going to happen. So you probably have to punt down on your run back between a Hayden Hurst, which then you probably can't play Kelsey, but between a Russell Gage. So it is a little bit tricky here, but I do think that keeps the ownership down on him because of how expensive they are. You could definitely play a Patrick Mahomes with a Tyree Kill and then go down to a Sammy Watkins or a McCole Hardman, run it back with a Russell Gage. And it's not that expensive of a stack when you get those extra pieces in there for a lot of upside. Again, this team has an implied total of four points higher than any other team on the slate. This is something to keep to keep an eye on. This is a totally different defense. So if people are going to get soured based on Mahomes' performance and this offense's performance last week, when they still put up a ton of points, he still had three touchdowns passing because it was the Saints defense, which is borderline top three in the NFL over the past eight weeks. Now they go up against arguably the worst defense in the league in this Atlanta Falcons overall secondary. Yes, I think Patrick Holmes is definitely in play. You just have to get a little bit creative with your stacks here. I don't think you'll see ownership on this. $8,500 is expensive. So are his passing options, but that's why Sammy Watkins and McCole Hartman will be a little bit sneakier plays to lower the overall price 
price of that stack. And then some other options, Lamar Jackson continues to play well, got in on the ground again, second highest team total on the slate as a 10 point favorite with a 28 implied team total. He's only sacked 4% of the time this year, the second lowest on the slate. And he's averaging by far a slate high 10.4 rushing attempts, almost twice as much as anybody else in the slate and 66.1 yards. That is right now about 35 yards higher than anybody else on the slate. So we know that he's been fantastic. We know that he can do it on the ground, but he's $8,000 now. And there's not that many stacking options. My primary stack would be Mark Andrews if you wanted to go there, running it back on the Giants with not the greatest of options. They just let Alfred Morris run wild. So the running backs are kind of fluky. Evan Ingram might be your best matchup against Chuck Clark, but that's still a tough matchup based on the fact that all these cornerbacks, if they're going to be healthy, will have superior matchups to the Giants wide receivers. So when that starts to be the case, I just look at Lamar Jackson and sure he might project out for 23, 24 points. But then I look at Jalen Hurts for $1,000 cheaper in a, I would say easier matchup against Dallas right now. Doesn't have a 28 implied total, but that is a 26 implied total. And he might have better stacking options. And again, $1,000 cheaper. So that's where I just rather get to Jalen Hurts over Lamar Jackson in that situation. Other options that maybe become a yes. I think Justin Herbert's the closest to becoming a yes, arguably after having like two or three really rough weeks, arguably the best we've seen Justin Herbert in that overtime win, averaging 9.8 yards per attempt. The last time out against Vegas, ended up having those two touchdowns, 314 yards and a 69% completion percentage on 32 attempts and 35 dropbacks in week 15 on Thursday night football. Herbert is the guy that you like to stack up, right? You know where you're going with this. Keenan Allen will be healthier this week. We might get Mike Williams back. Austin Eckler and Hunter Henry are still there. So you have strong stacking options. When I look at these quarterbacks, I try and say, how can I get the overall upside out of a single game stack or a full on game stack? Well, a 25 and a half team total, a slate leading 41.6 attempts per game, second on the slate, or right now third in the slate, basically a virtual tie with Watson with 289 yards per game. This is the type of guy. Now he is expensive, but there's not that many options on the slate. So yes, I do think Herbert that if we're talking about this later in the week on the Closing Thoughts podcast on Patreon, because I don't think I'll be going live this weekend. We shall see though, just because of travel, holiday travel, I'll be traveling back on Sunday morning. Herbert is very close to becoming a yes for me. He would become a yes before Lamar Jackson, before some of these guys below him. Baker Mayfield, 27 and a half implied total. I do think you see a lot of the running game here, but Baker yet again, over 290 yards again. I do like this spot, but they're 10 point favorites. A tough matchup in these for quarterbacks against the Jets because teams just run all over the Jets. And I think that's what you're going to see for a Nick Chubb week. Baker has been really good, but $6,100. Who do you full on stack it up with? Higgins and Landry probably, but I do think I lean the running backs here. Jared Goff will probably be like a, a sexy sneaky pick for a lot of people this week, but in competitive games, yeah, he has been throwing 40 times and putting up decent points. But a 23 implied team total here. Seattle has gotten a little bit better in the secondary, albeit some easy matchups. And Goff is just not throwing a ton. Like he's up to 37 attempts per game. That's skewed by like two or three games at this point. They really don't make him throw a ton. Cam Akers coming off of a pretty tough game, but he still led that backfield with 15 attempts to just one attempt for all the other guys in the backfield. So I can see why Goff could be interesting as a two point underdog in this matchup against Seattle secondary at $5,900. He just has to have that big game of 300 yards and three touchdowns to really pay off for you because he has no rushing upside. He has a couple of rushing touchdowns though from inside the red zone. So maybe that's turning a little bit for him, but right now only averaging five rushing yards per game. Another cheap option in the 5k rain outside of Goff would be Mitchell Trubisky. And you know what you're getting here. So mobility, 18 rushing yards per game at this point, a 6.5% touchdown rate is very sneaky efficient out of Mitch so far this year. So keep an eye on that. He has actually a nice matchup against Jacksonville. I, I might hear, ah, Sal, what about Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson is outside the top 10 quarterbacks in fantasy points, uh, basically over the last six weeks. He's been bad. Russell Wilson has not been good to this point in the season. DK Metcalf got a little bit banged up last week. Look, he's still been great overall in the year because of his hot start, 70% completion percentage, a slate high 7.8 touchdown percentage. But Russell Wilson continues to play poorly, having a 4.5 yards per attempt last week. It's just absolutely brutal. Only had 121 passing yards, a touchdown, and another interception on 30 dropbacks and 27 attempts. He just has not been good. The price point is coming down, but yet again, the price point is not coming down in DK Metcalf. Tyler Lockett looks like he's playing banged up out there. I don't want to just be throwing darts at Jacob Hollister and stacks. So I don't usually get to Russell Wilson. It hurt me for a couple of those first weeks of the year outside of the Dallas week, where I definitely got to Russell Wilson because of how good that match 
matchup was. And I'm fine just not getting there still. So I'm really going to be getting to Watson, Hurts, Mahomes. And if another guy sneaks in there, I think it would be Herbert by the end of the week. Let's now get into the running back position here on this 10 game slate. And as we open up the running back position, you see only a couple guys up top as a yes right now for me. And that definitely will change right throughout the week as more ownership comes in, as more news on some of these injuries come in, that will change. And you can just follow all my changes over on Patreon. But it's going to be interesting because you have a lot of guys banging up this week. You have a lot of backfield by committees on this slate, right? You're not getting some of those studs and guys who have been playing really well as of late, right? Last couple of weeks for Aaron Jones have been good. Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook are not on the slate. Alvin Kamara is not on the slate. So we're kind of in that second tier of guys. Now, a guy that I think is an absolute stud is Austin Eckler, and he ends up being in the slate. He ended up playing banged up on Thursday night, saw a lot of the touches, but just wasn't efficient with them overall. Eckler did see 13 attempts on the ground. And he did have 60 yards, so 4.6 yards per carry in that game. And he did end up running routes, but he was definitely limited because he only saw four targets and only ran 24 routes when we've seen him around this 30 routes run number and honestly like eight or nine targets. So he came down to earth, but that has his price at $7,600, which honestly is appropriate. You might think it's overpriced. I hope it keeps people off of him here as a three-point favorite, a guy who's averaging right now around seven targets per game this year in his limited sample size. The matchup against Denver is by no means a good one, but you're hoping for a lot of your production out of the passing game for him with a 26 implied team total, a nice overall pace here. Austin Eckler early on in the week is going to be a yes for me on a slate that really lacks some superstar upside. And then my second yes is going to be maybe surprise some people, but Miles Sanders here. And Miles Sanders, here's the thing about Miles Sanders. Last week, Miles Sanders did not have the greatest of weeks, right? They ended up playing from behind for a lot of that game. He just didn't have a huge week. And the week before that, when he went off for two touchdowns over 120 yards was all because of just an 82 yard run. In this past week, he averaged 3.8 yards per attempt. But here's the big thing. 17 attempts out of Miles Sanders, not another Eagles running back touched the ball. 100% of the running back snap shares, 17 attempts for 64 yards in week 15. These are the things that we have to note to just know that, okay, he's taking over this backfield right now and still has that dual threat ability, that option read with his mobile quarterback that might take some pressure off of him. He also ran another 26 routes. He had a catch for 26 yards and he still saw some targets as well. So Miles Sanders right now, maybe yes is aggressive because his price point comes up even though he had a bad week by $100, but I think it keeps him lower on for a guy who's averaging over five and a half yards per attempt, averaging about 18 opportunities per game. This past game, he ended up seeing 19 opportunities. So I like everything that we're seeing there. And now gets this matchup against Dallas that if you've been watching Dallas over these last couple of weeks at all, they are just getting absolutely destroyed on the ground this season. Dallas is tackling right now, ranks right now 24th in the NFL. And over the last three weeks, they're bottom five in yards allowed. So Miles Sanders is actually going to be a yes for me. Now this next guy up, Nick Chubb, you should probably say, yes, yeah, how is he not a yes? He just had a fantastic, another decent game, right? Against a good Giants run defense. It's mainly because of the price, $7,800 for Nick Chubb. You don't really have much of a passing game role. Leads the slate though at 5.9 yards per attempt. He's just been fantastic from an evaded tackle standpoint, from a yards created standpoint, up there in the top five per touch yet again this season as he was last year. And this is the thing that's really interesting. We saw Kareem Hunt two weeks ago have a big game, but in a game that was a landslide victory against the Giants, you saw 15 attempts in that game. He also ran 18 routes and had a couple of targets, and he basically got all the work to Kareem Hunt only having seven attempts in that game. He had 15 attempts for 50 yards in a tough matchup. It's basically just the price here, right? They're 10 point favorites against the Jets. You're getting 0.9 four two fantasy points per touch right now, which is only behind Christian McCaffrey and Chris Carson on the slate because he's been that good on a per touch basis. So if you have the salary, I can get there. The problem is I want to play expensive quarterbacks, whether it's Deshaun Watson, a little bit cheaper, but still $7,000 at this point, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes. So it'll just be a little bit more difficult to get to Nick Chubb for me. Chris Carson is next up at 6,400. It just seems like a fair price point, right? He's coming off of a week where Rashad Penny did return and Carlos Hyde returned and they only saw a combination of four touches in that backfield. Hyde just had a huge run though in that game two carries for 55 yards and a touchdown. 
touchdown, but that's it compared to Chris Carson having 15 touches in the game. Chris Carson in the passing game continues to stay involved as well, which is nice to see. In week 15 in the passing game, Chris Carson for the Seattle Seahawks ended up seeing three targets, caught two of them for 18 yards. Ended up seeing another three targets on 18 routes run. He's not the most flashy option. He's really just a low owned option if you want to get there. Continues to be really efficient so far this year. David Johnson is the name that I think we have to talk about here because I think this is just going to be a little bit of a fluky thing. And if people end up chasing it, I'll run away from it because David Johnson this past week, he was vintage David Johnson. He ran 37 routes in the game. He caught 11 of 11 targets, 11 passes on 11 targets for over a hundred yards. This man, David Johnson, yes, in this year, when everybody wants to make fun of how bad he looked last year, just got the bonus in the receiving game alone this past week. He only ended up having eight attempts for 27 yards in the game. So he really got it all done in the passing game. I think it's a little bit fake here as his price point now comes up a thousand dollars. It is a really good matchup against Cincinnati, who's a bottom 10 overall run defense as a nine point favorite, but this Houston team just doesn't run the ball. And also keep in mind, Duke Johnson and CJ Procise, the number two and number three running backs in the depth chart missed last week. So David Johnson didn't do anything on the ground last week, right? Just eight attempts in that game against a tough the opponent in the Indianapolis Colts. Got it all done through the air without the pass catching specialist back Duke Johnson out there. So if Duke Johnson does return in this game, I'll be more inclined to not want to go to David Johnson at all. But just the price point, I think it's a sell high situation on David Johnson here. Price point comes up a thousand dollars in a situation where he relied on these fluky passing game performance that I'm not going to rely on these 40 yard receptions like he had in that game yet again. So he's a maybe right now, but if any ownership gets there, I mean, I'm talking like 10 to 15%, and I think it will. I'm probably not going to have much interest in David Johnson. I do have Kareem Hunt start here. I don't think it's the greatest game flow for Kareem Hunt, but he still ended up seeing 10 opportunities last week. And I think everybody will be sour on him. And look, it's the same exact situation for $2,000 less, $1,900 to be exact, than his teammate Nick Chubb. If they end up giving Kareem Hunt 15 opportunities in this game as a 10 point favorite, game gets out of hand in the second half behind this number one offensive line of the Cleveland Browns in the running game. It is just a discount off of Nick Chubb. I do think Nick Chubb gets the red zone work, which is concerning, but Kareem Hunt still has a top six overall red zone touch rate on the season. You can just see it's not that many great options here. Le'Veon Bell, because you have Clyde Edwards Lair, slightly done for the season. Le'Veon Bell also got nicked up, so there's a chance we can get a really cheap Darrell Williams. Darrell Williams in play here. It is going to be a okay spot against Atlanta. They're 10 point favorites, a 31 and a half team total. So Le'Veon Bell at 5,800 might be overpriced, but if he's indeed healthy and out there, you might be staring in the face like 15 to 16 opportunities in this game, five or six receptions at this price point with a ceiling of that. It could be a really nice spot at $5,800 for a cheap running back. James Conner, if he is going to be healthy for this game against the Colts, tough spot, but he continues to average like 17 opportunities per game. And he continues to be honestly underrated. I think he was overrated coming into the year, but at this point now, I think he's a little bit underrated as people just think that he stinks, but maybe he doesn't have the most talent in the world, but he continues to get a lot of opportunities and he continues to be on a per touch basis, top 10 innovative tackles and top 10 in the yards created per touch. That does not mean that you are a bad running back by any means. We'll continue to see how the week goes on. We have to monitor Christian McCaffrey's injury, right? I do think that Mike Davis and Melvin Gordon are fine options. The problem with Mike Davis is tough matchup, really slow pace, and he's only implied for 21 and a half points in this game. Same thing for Melvin Gordon, just 22 and a half points as an underdog. Both of those guys are fringe options for me. If there's not a lot of ownership on Mike Davis, I can get there. He is an appealing option because of his pass catching role, and he is relatively cheap on this slate. So we can potentially get to Mike Davis as the week goes on. Then we have some other expensive guys. We have some guys dealing with injuries. Joe Mixon, will he ever return? Keep an eye on James Robinson, who got an ankle injury. Divine Ezekiel would be the backup there, who really hasn't had any touches this year, starting to get some passing game usage over the last couple of weeks. So keep a close eye on that. He'd be a cheap option. Maybe we get Antonio Gibson back, who I would be all over as a favorite against Carolina, who has a bottom three overall run defense if he gets back from his toe injury. And then keep an eye on Ezekiel Elliott as well. A lot of injuries to monitor this week, especially on the Saturday slate as well. We can talk about that. That other video will be out 
uh, by the time you're watching this, probably if not, then the next day. Now let's move over to the wide receiver position where there's going to be a lot of guys, but it's 10 games late, so not as many guys. And you can see up here, I'm going to have a lot of interest in Julio Jones if he's indeed active. We just haven't seen him this year. But I mean, this man, Julio Jones, he's basically a walking on average 20 fantasy points per game when he starts and finishes a game this year. He says he wants to play again, and this is going to be a nice run back option who's not that expensive, $6,800. If you want to go with a Mahomes, Sammy Watkins, and maybe a Travis Kelsey build, run it back with Julio Jones. There's your nice full on game stack. He's averaging 86 yards per game, and he's top five in yards per route run this year. So you want to tell me that this guy is dust, like people are saying, top five in yards per route run, as those same people reference that to say how good Calvin Ridley is this year, who's like top number four in overall yards per route run. So Julio Jones is fine if he's indeed healthy. I just kind of question if he will be. Deontay Johnson and Juju. So this is this has happened one time this year. I like both of these Pittsburgh receivers as we try and get the merch shown a little bit again. You see that? Uh, I, I like both of these Pittsburgh wide receivers and Juju and Deontay, but I don't like Big Ben. And really only once this year has it burnt me by not going to Big Ben stacked up with them. I would prefer Deontay Johnson. Does lead the league in drops right now overall, but he's also top 12 in overall yards after the catch. 11th overall, I believe to be exact. He averages 9.4 targets per game. He's had basically seven straight weeks of seven or more targets. I'm recording this before the game ends on the Steelers game. So just keep that in mind if something happens to Deontay Johnson or Juju of my recording if they get hurt. Well, obviously it's because I'm recording this right before the game is happening or going on. Uh, so Juju Smith-Schuster, same exact deal here, getting a ton of red zone targets at this point in the season. I believe he's top three in red zone targets now, which is pretty wild. Only behind guys like Mike Evans and Devontae Adams very quietly after starting the year off pretty slow. He's second on the slate at a 78% catch rate. Good to see. Brandon Cooks. Yeah, I like, look, if I like Deshaun Watson, his wide receivers are going to be probably yeses or strong maybes for me. And Brandon Cooks at $6,200 off of another week where he had some production. Going to be an even easier matchup now. Probably see some William Jackson in this game coming off of a week where he had to see Xavier Rhodes. And he caught six passes, 59 yards on seven targets and a tough matchup, ran 49 routes. I mean, that's kind of a floor for him. And as a one, number one wide receiver in this nice matchup, he's still not expensive at all. Tyree kills a yes if you want to get there. It's mainly stacks. I probably don't play him as a one-off. Alan Robinson. Allen Robinson was a little bit disappointing. He had three catches for 48 yards in like the first quarter of that game for the Bears. And then he doesn't have a catch until the final drive where he catches like a 35 or a 40 yard reception. But that's basically two games this year where he started off hot and then Minnesota adjusted and kind of took him out of the game. Not going to be the case this week against Jacksonville. Well, he'll be fine. Averaging about 10 targets per game and 79 yards per game so far this season. He's a yes as well. Now we get to some maybes. Keenan Allen and Sachs with Justin Herbert. Terry McLaurin is somebody to keep an eye on because of how much I mean, 55 attempts. You're not going to see that again out of Haskins or if it's Alex Smith starting. But Terry McLaurin ran 62 routes, led the entire slate last week in week 15, got seven of 12 targets for 77 yards. He just continues to see a ton of targets. But the rest of his team also saw targets. 10 targets for JD McKissick out of the backfield, seven for Cam Sims, and 17 targets, 13 receptions, over 100 yards for Logan Thomas. Terry McLaurin, his price point is decreasing. A fine matchup against Carolina here. I really don't know. Maybe they put Jeremy Chin, the safety that they're using as a slot cornerback these days. I don't think they'll put him on him. You're probably going to get somebody like Dante Jackson on the outside against Terry McLaurin. That's a massive advantage for McLaurin who leads the slate in air yard share for his team in the entire league at 42.4% of his team's air yards. Some other options down here. We saw DJ Moore breakout, tougher matchup now against Washington. I'm okay to get there. I like Amari Cooper as a run back, especially Amari Cooper coming off of a dud week. The consistent option, the most consistent option without having any like poor performances, no matter who the quarterback is this year, is probably CeeDee Lamb. He had another six targets, caught five passes, 85 yards. He actually brought down that, uh, that onside kick return for a touchdown as well, which is pretty cool. And Amari kind of struggled this past week. Just two catches on 34 routes run and three targets. So I do think that I like both of them. If you're running it back, CD Lamb's a little bit cheaper here for $400 less. Amari has the bigger upside in this game. If Darius Slay is back, he'll probably see him. It's a fine matchup for Amari if Amari comes back and is going to be healthy in this game. I probably prefer CD Lamb as your run back on those Jalen Hurt stacks, but both of them are in play for me. Robbie Anderson is in play as well. I always want to get the Teddy Bridgewater and it's worked like once or twice this year. I actually played him on the Saturday slate in my main lineups. He ended up getting us back during us like 18 fantasy points. So that was fine. 
nothing due to Aaron Rodgers struggling in the second half of that game, but I always want to get there. It's only worked like one time this year because he just doesn't throw enough passing touchdowns. I don't think he's had three passing touchdowns in a game this year, and you really need that to really win a GPP. So although Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, I like them both, I'd probably just stick to one of them in my lineups and not stack it up. Sammy Watkins because of my stacks in here. Russell Gage is a cheap runback option. Russell Gage continues to be highly effective for this team. Scored a touchdown, I believe, last week. He ran the most routes on the team with 49, saw 10 targets, caught five of them for 68 yards. So although we love Calvin Ridley, he had a touchdown, had over 160 yards on 14 targets, almost had a second touchdown in that game, was ripped out at the last second from him. We love Calvin Ridley. He's really expensive. So if we're talking about stacks, Russell Gage seems like the more affordable option who actually sees volume. The tight end Hayden Hurst is also in play there, but Hurst, you're looking at maybe you get five targets. Russell Gage has this upside to see the 10 plus targets like he did last week, catching five for 68 on those 10 targets and a team leading 49 routes run. Mention Sammy Watkins because he continues to be right around this 5k price range and he just continues to kind of do the same thing week in and week out, like seven fantasy points a week. This past week, he does score 10. He has six targets, but he's running a ton of routes in this offense. 44 routes run, another huge number for him. 60 yards was second on the team just behind Kelsey. His four receptions were third on the team behind Tyree Kill and also Travis Kelsey. So he's just a cheap way to get into your lineups, a, a piece of this offense that, I mean, the guy's running like 40 routes a week. He's going to find the end zone at some point. He's due for some major aggression in that department. Hasn't had a major week since week one, but he continues to run routes in this offense. So Sammy Watkins is strongly in play for me in a very good matchup. He's going to have maybe his best matchup of the season in the slot. I'm looking for a Sammy Watkins breakout this week. Other options down, down here, if Jalen Rieger is healthy, that's a spot to go. Some cheaper options, Greg Ward at $4,000 right now, flat against Dallas. He's been seeing a lot of usage. He had two touchdowns in that last game, only had four catches for 15 yards. So I think he like lost five yards on one of his screen plays as well. So he's somebody to just keep a close eye on. As I scroll down, you can see these guys on the screen. Jalen Rieger would be the guy that I would get to if he's healthy. He left that last game hurt, but he led the team tied with Dallas Goddard with eight targets, downfield usage as well. He led the game, left the game early, like I said. So if you're trying to stack on that game, Jalen Rieger, Dallas Goddard would be my primary options. If Jalen Rieger missed, I'd probably go towards Greg Ward. Alshon Jeffrey quietly had 35 routes. He did have 63 yards, a couple of big plays for him because he was just like bulldozing and plowing guys over because he's just so damn big out there. But the guys that I would end up going to are Dallas Goddard and Jalen Rieger. If Rieger was to miss, you might see a little bit more Quez Watkins and Fulgham. A lot of guys are involved. I mean, this past week, you ended up seeing in this offense, eight guys run 20 or more routes and only one of them was a running back Miles Sanders. That's a lot of guys involved. So it's tough to really pin down this offense. So Rieger, Goddard and Ward probably in that order is where I would go if you're picking between them. Ardman stays in a player pool for me just because he's cheap and he's only $3,100. Another way to get exposure to that game, not only in the passing game, but on special teams potentially. For McCole Hardman, as we saw two weeks ago, I got a special teams touchdown and helped out some expensive chief stacks. Delano Mooney found the end zone again, another cheap option. I think Greg Ward's the best cheap option. If you're trying to go for a below $4,000 play, I would go to McCole Harmon and hope that he can pop off for you. Just some more stuff on McCole Harmon. And also we could put Demarcus Robinson into that group as well, because Demarcus Robinson ran 31 routes. He had three targets, had 4.7 fantasy points. McCole Harmon though, this is pretty big, ran 25 routes, had nine targets, nine targets in week 15. So Harmon at $3,100. Keep him in your player pools. Keep him in your chief stacks. He ended up being second on the team in targets tied with Tyree Kill, only one behind the team leader in Travis Kelsey against the Saints in week 15. Through the tight end position we go. And yeah, Travis Kelsey is damn expensive. This is why you can only really pick one of him or Tyreek unless some really cheap running backs open up yet again that are super cheap, right? So what he's doing this year, 26% of his team's air yards leads all tight ends so far this season, averaging right now 125 plus yards per game coming off of another good week. And this was considered a bad week for Travis Kelsey. 
eight catches, 68 yards, a touchdown, a two-point conversion, right? So when you add that all up, he's still scoring like 23 fantasy points in a bad week because he doesn't drop 30 like he's done in like three out of his last four weeks on 10 targets in the game and 80% catch rate. So yes, he's going to be in play. He's going to be the best option right now, averaging like 10, literally 10 fantasy points per game more than anybody else on this slate. You can have Mark Andrews. Price point only goes up a couple hundred dollars. After he had a fine week, his team was leading huge. They won by like 30 over Jacksonville, so they didn't really need to do too much with Mark Andrews. He ran only 20 routes in the game, but caught all five of his passes for 66 yards, averaged 3.3 yards per route run in that game. Both him and Hollywood Brown were very efficient in that game against Jacksonville. I think he is still very fine to get to. You're going to have another guy in Jordan Akins who continues to run a lot of routes for this team. He ran 29 again this past week, averaging basically around 30 routes run over each of the past four weeks. He ended up catching five of his six targets for 50 yards. So he had a lot of volume yet again, back-to-back games of six targets for Jordan Akins. You do like to see that. So he's going to be in play at just 3,300. He's my favorite really cheap option. Logan Thomas is hard not to mention when he put up 17 targets targets from Dwayne Haskins and when you were even having a lot of success uh, with Alex Smith if he was to return over 100 yards this is now back-to-back games of career games for Logan Thomas goes for 13 catches on 17 targets for 101 yards in week 14 Logan Thomas has now had career games in two out of his last three games back in week 13 against the Steelers I believe it was nine catches 98 yards and that game set all career highs right the former I think Cincinnati Bengals quarterback he was named the starter or maybe the Arizona Cardinals and then they said hey, we're not going to do it once they saw him in training camp and then this past week 17 targets ended up catching 13 them for over 100 yards. He's been fantastic. It's hard not to mention him this week where his price point is still pretty fair. Noah Font looked maybe the best he's ever looked because he's been the healthiest he ever has been this past week for Denver, playing from behind the whole game. So that's going to help, but they're expected to play from behind against the Chargers in this one. It's going to be a nice matchup for Noah Font, who did end up running just 24 routes. He was targeted 11 times on 24 routes, by far team high. The next closest guy was Jerry Judy, who seems to be playing banged up, five targets, just one catch. But Noah Fant, eight catches, 68 yards and a touchdown. Again, on just 24 routes run, that number is not going to stay the same. So you're going to need those routes run to go up towards 30 because if he continues to run 24 routes, he will not be targeted on like 45% of them. It's probably going to get closer to like maybe 30% of them. And then you still see a healthy eight, which is a nice thing to see out of that. And then a bunch of guys all kind of look the same to me. Eric Ebron has a high target share, high routes run, right? Top five in the NFL. Hunter Henry is still using the red zone and for those Herbert stacks, he also looks fine. If you want to get to Evan Ingram, it's a terrible team implied total at just 18, but it's not that bad for a tight end who even with Colt McCoy had four catches, 46 yards on seven targets, continues to be involved. Second most routes run on his team, just behind Darius Slayton, who ran 31. Evan Ingram ran 30 last week. So just keep a close eye on that. If Daniel Jones is back, I do like Evan Ingram a little bit more. But again, Jordan Akins is a lot cheaper and a couple other guys are not that much more expensive for better game situations. I continue to be impressed by Austin Hooper, but as a big favorite in this one, you might not see the volume and he caught 100% of his passes. He found the end zone, which salvaged his week, but he did have five catches, 41 yards, which is a decent performance, especially at the price point of just 3,500. Nice matchup here with a nice implied total, but he's really gonna have to continue to catch all of his passes. He found the end zone. That was good to see but I don't think you're ever going to get huge volume out of Austin Hooper. Five targets is probably some of the bigger volume weeks that you get out of him because it's such a concentrated offense between right now Rashad Higgins and Jarvis Landry in the passing game. And when they don't pass all that much, it's the running game that gets going in Cleveland. Aiden Hurst, we've mentioned a couple of times. He had five targets last week, found the end zone. He's a nice run back in your chief stacks as a cheaper option. That's kind of it. We've already mentioned Dallas Goddard a ton to the point where at 3,600 coming off of an eight target week, dropped the touchdown last week, seems to be maybe the 1A, 1B option for Jalen Hurts so far through a couple of games. He's definitely in play. Dallas Goddard, we're actually going to make a yes right now because we do like Jalen Hurts. And if we're going to stack him up, Goddard, especially if Jalen Rieger is out, it's probably going to be one of our top priorities there. So that's where I'm at with tight end right now. If you're trying to punt tight end, $3,300 Jordan Akins looks fine. I know some people are going to want to go down as I scroll down here to like Jacob Hollister because Jacob Hollister found the end zone last week, but it's just not something that I want to rely on, especially since he found the end zone last week, right? He did run 17 routes, but just two targets. He caught two of them 
ended up finding that 10-yard touchdown. Not something that I really want to be relying on. And then nobody else down here looks all that great. Yes, Cole Komet, the rookie, has been continuously involved in this offense, but now you're getting back-to-back weeks, I believe, of Jimmy Graham having some production and finding the end zone. Komet running just 20 routes the last week because they didn't have to pass all that much. He caught two of his two targets for 12 yards. Not something that's going to make him all that much of a priority for me. So the tight ends are where they are right now. I think Goddard's in play. Obviously, if you can afford Kelsey, he's in play. Thomas, Aikens, and Andrews. So kind of where I want to go with my quarterbacks, I'll be trying to prioritize my tight ends from that. So again, if I get to Herbert, I'll try and go there with some Hunter Henry as well in stacks and things of that nature. So thank you so much for tuning into the week 16 DraftKings NFL picks video. We'll have a Saturday slate, but there's a three game slate video out as well. Maybe it's already out depending on when you're watching this. We'll have a Friday Christmas video if it's not already after Christmas, otherwise disregard that. We'll have a showdown slate for that. We'll have NBA content as well for the Christmas day slate. So be sure to check all that out on this YouTube channel by liking and subscribing. Appreciate you a ton in advance for doing that. And also check out my Patreon link down below. Greatly, greatly appreciate any of that support. Check out Jock Market and support the sponsors of this show. Daily Fantasy Sports becomes a stock exchange. Thank you, everybody. And I'll see you all in the next one.